Warning. This podcast may contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. Yo, welcome to another episode of the Viewers Anonymous podcast. I am Scoots Bronson. And I am S. Foster. That's right, and we're here to bring you another review of a movie or television show that we have watched um, and to give you our take on it. So, how's it going, my guy? Man, it's going good, man. I can't really complain. You know what I'm saying? Got a three-day weekend coming up. So, uh, you know, they give us a day off, man. I'm going to take it, so. Yeah, you know sure. <laughs> can't can't complain about that, man. Yeah, <laughs> Never ain't no, ain't no that. argument there. Oh no, nah, what? Like you wanna you wanna work? Oh, you wanna be off? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you gonna pay me? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but how you feeling, man? Everything good with you? Man, everything is fantastic, my brother. Um, man, you know what I'm saying? Just been, you know, what I'm saying working, doing stuff here and there, getting these um photo shoots and shit together for um. Only fans and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? And man, listen, uh, these last few days, man, I've been I've been getting an audience. I've been getting a hell of an audience, and people are subscribing to the page and everything else. I got another page that I'm waiting for the approval of. That you know what I'm saying? That way, I got some exclusive stuff going up on there. So, yeah, man, this shit is panning out, man. And I got a I got a shoot that I'm doing uh, within the next uh, few weeks. So I'm okay. excited about that too. Good deal, man. Glad to hear about that, man. It's all about growth. You know, even mm-hmm. I've noticed, man, the uh 28 been growing, man. Um that's, so that's good, man. I appreciate the people that uh take the time out to listen to that podcast, but it's growing a little bit. I know I've been noticing some movement over there. So mm-hmm. so that's good, man. We trying we both trying to come up in the world. Oh yeah, for sure. That's what's up, man. I ain't mad at that at all. So, so, man, listen, I've been ready. I've been ready to get into the segment, man. We're a couple of days late. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Uh, a couple of oh, damn. I was about to say something stupid. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, but happy birthday to your little sister, man. Yeah, That's man, for sure. Uh, thank you. Thank you. No problem, man. That's why we pushed it back a couple of days, but uh, yeah. but yeah, man. I, but I was I was so ready to get this what we watching in. But I was ready Friday. <laughs> man, I was, listen, ready. I was I was too until I came home and you know what I'm saying. I was sitting there thinking, and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like I know it's my sister's birthday. I'm like, damn, today Friday. I had to hit you up. Like, bro, I know it's late. I'm like, I know it's late. No, I meant to tell you earlier. While I was at work too. I was like, man, I know it's late. No, but bro, I cannot do it. Man, we went. Um, we went and did some stuff Friday, and then yesterday we were supposed to have a birthday dinner Friday. Didn't do it, but we they uh, my mom and everybody did some stuff with her, and then um, Saturday we ended up going out to eat to this nice place called Black Rock. It was good, man. Food was delicious. Just one of the best burgers I ever had. It just took forever getting. Oh yeah. And then man, listen, I don't know if I told you this, but. Me and my little cousins, you know what I'm saying, we was talking online, and you know what I'm saying, I was telling them, you know, we was talking about the first 48, and they was mm-hmm. like, man, they was like, you know, dudes be getting all kind of stuff. They was like, they know, you know what I'm saying, like, if you see, you know what I'm saying, a super big meal in there, 
You know what I'm saying? This nigga about to snitch. He about to tell somebody. Everybody know that, right? We yeah. don't watch it long enough to know. So they like, they like for sure, if that nigga got KFC, he definitely snitching. So I'm hey. like, yeah, KFC is undefeated. I was like, but I ain't gonna lie to y'all niggas, bro. I said, man, if I was on that motherfucker, they just brought me some fries. I was like, nigga, I, <laughs> I was like, I am telling, bro. I love French fries, man. So. We uh when we went to the spot yesterday, man, they had some great fries, bro. And I was I was sold on the fries alone, but the burger, the burger was superb. You know what I'm saying? I had a Royale with cheese. It was fire. I couldn't, I could, I could not. I, I mean, I really wasn't mad once the food got there, man. I was like, you know what? This place is all right. <laughs> it ain't too bad. Yeah, yeah, but. I saw that episode, man. It, it wasn't just a two-piece meal, man. They had a, he had a whole bucket. That's, a, that's <laughs> what I'm saying, man. When they listen, it ain't it's it's been like three episodes I've seen niggas with KFC on. KFC is undefeated on first forty-eight, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're undefeated like the internet. Undefeated, man. And I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I told you they give me some French fries, bro. Whoever it is is going down. <laughs> I don't give a damn if I got to lie. They going down, bro. I pin some shit on somebody. I don't care. For some French fries, some good French fries. Oh, oh yeah, it's a wrap. Don't do no crime around me. I'm telling y'all right now. Don't do nothing illegal around me. If the niggas find out I like French fries, you in trouble. Oh man, for the for the movie that we doing today, oh, we definitely gonna get into the uh the snitching conversation. Mm-hmm. And I ain't gonna yeah. lie to you, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, it's a hierarchy of fries. Man, okay. But, Give give me give me give me your top three. I give my top three. Oh, easy. McDonald's, uh, rallies or uh, checkers in some places, and then um, man, what's a good third? Applebee's got some good fries, bro. Okay. Uh, well, obviously, yeah, McDonald's. Yeah. Um, now they took all our checkers away. Okay. But. They sell them bad boys at the store. Oh yeah, you buy them, put them in the air fryer. Oh yes. yeah, it's so like still, it's like they just came out the grease. Yeah, still, so still got the checker. So that that's mm-hmm. a good one. People be slipping on them. But mm-hmm. my third one though, mm-hmm. man, I gotta go with Arby's curly fries, man. Arby's yeah. curly fries, man. Yeah. Them things is fire, boy. Them yeah. things hit the spot, yeah. man. I can't, so, I can't uh, deny that. But I tell you, what's better than they curly fries? They waffle fries. That waffle fries were cool, but I, I've only tried them once because like every time I go there, it's like a must. Like you know, you go to a place and it's like you gotta get. That's just like you go to McDonald's. You know how McDonald's always got like the you know two for five or whatever, whatever. Yeah. But it never includes the fries. It's like, I never get them. Back I, know, I, don't, I gotta, I gotta I have the fries. Yeah, I, mean, I stopped at McDonald's just for the fries. I don't, you know, eat fucking two for five, any of that. I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> I go that movie. Just let me get a large fry, fam. That's yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta yeah. get the fries, man. I gotta get the fries. Wendy's fries, all right, too. Yeah, Wendy's fries is cool. But yeah. McDonald's fries, oh, hey, yeah. top tier. I'm talking about if any of them spill in the bag, you're not getting them. <laughs> that was awesome. Them bad boys is, is whoever whoever got the food. If they fall in the bag, bro, you can't complain. Oh yeah, and then especially if I bought the food, mm-hmm. I'm giving you your fries. If your fries spilled in there, oh, that means it's automatically going to meat. So oh, easily. I don't <laughs> yeah. spill people's fries on purpose sometimes. 
<laughs> I told you, bro. I'm a French fry fiend, bro. Oh man, that's fucking funny. Okay, I don't picked so, it up. Like, oh snap, my fault. And he's like, here you go, half a half a uh, cup of fries, bro. That's fucking funny. That is hilarious. We done went on about fries for first yeah, forty eight. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it still got something to do with what we talk about, so that count. But I'm telling y'all oh, yeah. right now, don't commit no crimes around me. I will give you up for uh, some fries. That is hilarious. For yeah, sure. we definitely gonna get into that later on in the podcast. Yes, yeah, sir, man. But let's get into this. What we watching, man? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I know you eager to be to talk about uh, this. You know, what I'm saying? Uh, go ahead and do your thing. Let me pull my dough real quick. Uh oh, yo. So. It's a new show. You know what I'm saying? Hulu show just came out. Uh, mm-hmm. I finished it. I finished it this week. It got my boy Lip in it. You know what I'm saying? Lip Gallagher from uh from Shameless. That's the main reason why I even watched the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Jeremy. Um, was it Jeremy Allen White? That's his name. But the show is called The Bear. Okay. And it's about it's about this restaurant. And basically, uh, so the synopsis is he is a top of the notch chef like he, he worked in the greatest restaurants of new york all this type of stuff right so mm-hmm. his brother owns a restaurant back at back at home back in chicago well his brother committed suicide and him and his brother <clears throat> they had like a little beef so his brother never let him work in the restaurant mm-hmm. the restaurant that he owned so when he uh when he committed suicide he left the restaurant to his brother so his brother come back to run this restaurant, but he want to make it better. Well, the thing is, he kept the same crew that his brother had in there. And the restaurant wasn't doing too well. So he was trying to lift it back up. Everybody's used to their old ways, but he's trying to take all of that training that he got from working in Blue Star restaurants. He's trying to bring that to this place. And he ended up hiring this one girl. And like she has like a, a really good resume, beginner's resume, and like she wants to be like a top-notch chef as well. But he has a cousin that kind of kind of like the manager of the place. Like, you know, he's fucking selling dope out the back. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like it's it's a whole bunch of just just chaos like that's going on. Like this whole like if you want to watch, like, you know how everybody loves, like, these cooking shows, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, these cooking shows where, like, everybody's in the kitchen, everybody's yelling, and, you know, everybody's, you know, trying to make this dish really fast. Like, this is what it is. Like, if, if you love those cooking shows, this is that times two. Like, yeah. it is it is turned up in that kitchen. But, like, what makes the show really good is, like, that that other factor of, like, He's not really dealing with the death of his brother. His sister, she's going through it because he's not showing any emotion. He's just staying in a restaurant all the time. And then, like, you got this other girl who has, like, the reason she wants, because the place, it isn't, like, the greatest looking place. But, you know, like, some of those places that don't look the best, but mm-hmm. it be, like they have, like, the most fire food. Like, yeah. apparently, that's what this place was. Like, it didn't look the best. It was kind of old and beat up, but, like, they stayed busy. And he was trying to flip it, but the girl knew what type of talent he was in the kitchen, so she wanted to learn under him because of the experience that he had. But, like, 
but I mean, but overall, like I say, it's it's a yada, it's a, it's a lot of yelling, it's a lot of chaos. You know what I'm saying? A dude got stabbed in the ass in the kitchen. Like it's just like it, it, it's it's a whole bunch of just shit. <laughs> well, he well, what happened was like they started this. Uh, the girl started this new system mm-hmm. where they could start taking orders online. And what ended up happening was that shit blew up. I mean, orders coming in like crazy. Like that machine just kept going and going and going. So he's so um, the dude that's the uh, main character. He is like just yelling at everybody, trying to get everybody on the same page. But the girl, she's mad about the way that he's yelling at her mm-hmm. because she ended up doing some shit where she tried to make a new dish that they wanted to add to the restaurant. He told her, "Yo." It's not the time. Like he was like, look, the dish is perfect. It's great. It tastes good. It looks good. But we we just can't do it right now. She ended up giving it to just a customer. The customer turned out to be a critic. Mm-hmm. And so the critic talked about how great this dish was, and everybody wanted that dish, and they weren't prepared to sell the dish. So he's like mad at her, and like he's like going off, get the fuck out of my face, you know, all this type of shit. And so then the cousin come up trying to talk to her. Well, no, he went to her station and he's trying to like help her clean her station or something. She was like, no, I got a routine. Let me do it. He was mm-hmm. like, no, nah, you know, I'm just trying to help you. And she was like, get the fuck out of my station. And she had a knife. <laughs> and so he was like, so you gonna stab me? And she was like, if I have to. So he walks off and what happened, I think somebody like came around the corner and so like he kind of like backed up and he backed into the knife and the knife was like where his ass was. So he got stabbed in the butt cheek, but <laughs> but it's it's a crazy wild show, man. And then it gives you this payoff at the end of the first season, and I leave I leave it there. But like I I'm I'm excited about it because it's it's different because I I never really watch cooking shows. But I will tell you this: you're gonna be hungry. <laughs> <Because that's laughs> that shit that shit they was cooking. That shit looked good, man. Like that shit looked good. Then he had this one dude that worked in the back. He was all obsessed about like making like the perfect cake and like the perfect donuts mm-hmm. and shit. And then like he found like like dude, he wasn't going home. He was sleeping in the restaurant, wasn't showering or nothing to make the perfect donut. And then when he finally made the perfect donut, that was when all the chaos was happening. And my man slapped the donut out of his hand and hit the floor. That motherfucker walked out and quit. <laughs> hey, it was it's crazy, yeah. dude. It's it's yeah. a lot of chaos, man. But it's it's a really it's a really good show, man. And, and you always wonder like what it be like in the back of those kitchens of those oh, like, be, nice restaurants. Yeah, it'd be wild. Yeah, it'd be wild, man. So uh if y'all interested in the show, it's a it's a Hulu show. It's called The Bear, just like a bear you would see in the woods. It's uh it's it like all those all the episodes are up now because I finished it uh last week. So mm-hmm. go check that out. All right, man. Um, so I got two. So um my first one is um the first the fourth season of Westworld. You know what I'm saying? I had to go back and catch up <clears throat> and uh start watching it. But of course, you know what I'm saying? If anybody got HBO Max, you know what I'm saying, or, or got HBO in general. You know how good Westworld is. HBO has a long, long history of coming out with these shows that just happen to be so fulfilling and so great. 
and Westworld is one of them. Um, if anybody don't know what it is, though, it's basically it's like a I don't really want to call it a theme park because it's not really a theme park, but it is. But it's basically a place where people can go and live out the fantasy of the wild, wild west. So they have these or they have what used to be animatronic humans that was playing out as characters in this like huge storyline. But instead, they found a way to change it and make them more human like. So you have these like actual fake people going around and they have like these microchips in them and stuff. And they basically uh, live out storylines every day. So you can go there, you know what I'm saying? You can, uh, you can sleep there. You can sleep with the, the, the fake people. You can shoot the fake people. You can rob banks. You can do anything you want to be like anything you wanted to be in the wild, wild west. You can find bounties and you can go find people. And it's like, it's different levels. Cause it's like a, it's basically like a, a, a big, big, huge place it's a whole city and you can go you know what i'm saying you can ride the, the horses are fake too like everything there is fake except for the people that come so like you could ride the horses there everything you could shoot the horses you can you know what i'm saying you could play poker with the people you could do everything bro like you you can go in there and drink all kind of shit it's just it's just a, a real live wild wild west and then um you know what I'm saying some different stuff is going down like the the, the um the fake people start to have like memories and stuff. So they start, they start to become more and more real every day. And so that's the dilemma that they end up facing with. And then some other stuff happened, but you know what I'm saying? I ain't finished with the, with the season yet, so I can't really get into it, but I'm telling you, this is a great show. It's already three seasons, four seasons is out now. Go check that out. Start from the beginning. I promise you it's one of those ones where you are not going to be disappointed. Um, and then, excuse me, my second one is uh, a show on Netflix called Clark. And it's basically like a documentary of this dude named Clark Olofsson who um, lived in Sweden. And he is the reason that you have Stockholm Syndrome. He is the, the whole, if it wasn't for him, we'd never have this thing called Stockholm Syndrome. So mm-hmm. basically, well, I'm sorry, the term Stockholm Syndrome. So basically what he did was this dude was a criminal since like he was a little fucking kid. And it just basically navigates his life through the whole thing. And um, the dude that played it, what is his name? Skarsgård. Um, uh, that one. Oh, which one is that? That one. Is it Peter? No, no, it no, ain't Peter. Peter. It's uh, um, I know which one you're talking about, though. He's the youngest. Bill? I think. Bill. I, the, wait, is Bill the youngest? I can't is remember it, who's the youngest one, but I know what you're talking about. The dude that played it in in the new yeah. it or whatever, he he's the 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 Clark dude. He's the main character in this one, but it basically chronicles his life. You know what I'm saying? From the time he was a kid to the time he ended up dying. But this dude, when I tell you, like I don't know what is what what was going on in the system in Sweden or whatever, but like this nigga was, he went to juvenile. Broke out of juvenile, then <laughs> he went and robbed. He was breaking and entering in the house. Got caught, went back to juvenile, broke back out of juvenile. <laughs> then he ended up getting the gang together and they was going around just breaking into people's houses. They got caught. One of his friends got sent away. The other friend uh got sent away. And then he and another friend got locked up with him. 
So somehow they all ended up back in the same juvenile. Then they all was doing like, you know what I'm saying? Like when they get locked up for juvenile, they make them do like workshops. So they was doing like metal working. So they was making what looked like a rake, but it wasn't a rake, it was a ladder. So they all put their ladder, they pieces together, made a ladder, climbed up out and it's hit again. <laughs> so finally this nigga is like, they show where this nigga is like 18, 19 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, at this point, he an adult. So, you know what I'm saying? Something happened, breaking and entering. His friend, you know what I'm saying? They breaking and entering. The cops find him. His friend got a gun. He shoot a cop and kill a cop. So now they got to be on the run for real. They end up getting caught. He go in for murder. This nigga finds a way to break out again. So this time, it's a it's like this chick who was against, like, some war efforts or something that they was going through. And she was, you know what I'm saying? She was like a, a, a Swedish hippie or something like that. End up falling in love with the dude. He in there banging her in the in during the thing. They supposed to be having a meeting, trying to get him some rehabilitation and everything else. He ended up banging her or whatever. She ended up falling in love with him. Then he she telling him, like, you could tell your story, you know what I'm saying, to the people, tell them how you unjustly treated and unfair, da 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 da. So basically she helps him break out. They go on the cross country um tour of robbing banks and then he ends up leaving her because they the cops is after when they had to split up so he leave her he ended up finding this lady get cool with this lady at this beach and end up hitting her and her mom both of them falling in love oh, with him man. he get caught they both seeing him in jail <laughs> like bro, this, <laughs> bro, i tell you and i tell you bro this is so crap like this is the this is the wildest story i've ever heard but basically he ended up convincing them to after they done she he was supposed to get engaged to the daughter never got engaged to the daughter the mom was trying to tell her like he's not gonna marry you i don't know why you think it's gonna happen she's like why do you think that mom is like because he's you know what I'm saying? Doing both of us. So, you know what I'm saying? She get mad. He ended up basically talking back to both of them. Get both of them to help him rob a bank. So, while he doing that, they basically helping him rob the bank or whatever. They end up getting away scot-free. And then he end up uh, going to jail. He end up dying in jail finally because he couldn't escape again. They had him like in like this super max prison type shit. And then it's just a, it's a crazy, crazy story. But he was like the first he was like Sweden's first famous criminal. Like he was like famous, famous, though. Like he, this nigga be walking down the street and everybody know who he is. He'd be just walking down the street and then he'd just do an interview with somebody from the newspaper. They'd be taking pictures with him. <laughs> it's crazy. When I tell you this crazy, man, this is crazy. Like this nigga was going to jail. They had this one time. This is the last scene, though. But they uh. They had this nigga going to jail, had him handcuffed, taking him off. And it was like a row of women just outside screaming this nigga name, <laughs> trying to get him. Like, this nigga was like a criminal rock star, bro. This, but it, the show is called Clark, bro. It's on Netflix. Go check that out. It's wild, bro. It's, I've never seen nothing like that before. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to check that out. Definitely, man. Man, that's that wild, out. man. But, um, yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? We here now. You know what I'm saying? This it's the time to get into it, man. Um, the main event, the future presentation. Um, we're talking about paid in full, y'all. Uh this movie is woo. What what can I say about this movie, bro? This movie is different. Um, it came out in 2002. Um 
it stars Makai Pfeiffer, Wood Harris, um, Cameron. You know what I'm saying? They got Chi McBride in it, man. They got Asai Morales in it. Um, they got Kevin Carroll in it. Um, Alicia Neal is in this. Regina Hall is in this. Ryan Cephas Jones is in this. Um, who else is in this? Brucey e. B is in this. Um, it's a bunch of people in this joint. Man. Yeah, it's, it's actually a bunch of people in here. My dude Martin Roach is in this. The famous N O R E Nori is in this. Um, Dougie Fresh and uh, a bunch of a bunch of people is, is in this joint, man. But this is actually uh, one of the first films, um, amongst one of the first films that was uh, produced and filmed and shot by Rockefeller Records. Uh, Dame Dash was behind this whole thing, put this thing together. Um, this was like the first major film from them. And this was like the joint. This is basically the story of... uh, You got AZ, Faison Jr., you know what I'm saying? Alpo Martinez and Richard Richard Porter, man. The real story of them. Yeah. Man, listen. This... Well, it's an embellished story. It ain't the the story story. It's an embellished story. Because there's some other shit that was going down that they talk about um, in some of these documentaries that I be hearing. That wasn't in yeah. the movie, but man, this movie is a cult, not only a cult classic, but a classic, but mainly a cult classic because <clears throat> this one of those ones that's up there with like Scarface. Uh, I wouldn't say the Godfather, I don't think it's up there with the Godfather, but uh, I would put it in there with Goodfellas, yeah, Goodfellas, definitely Goodfellas. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just one of those, one of those movies that. When you see it, you know what it is. You go and watch it. You know what I mean? The fact that, you know what I'm saying, this nigga Cameron was doing a Dougie Fresh, you know what I'm saying, hitting the chick from the back on, <laughs> on video and um, <laughs> and was showing everybody at the club while he was doing it. It was It's crazy, man. A lot of this shit was going on, man. What, did, what, was your, um, what was your reaction going back and watching this? Um. Well, I mean, like I say, this is one like you mentioned it. This is one of those cult classics, man. So it wasn't too long ago that I even watched this because mm-hmm. this is just one of those movies that you could just watch at any point. It's it's, it's really good. It has a really great story. Um, Ace Ace is my guy, man. I like I like the way um, Ace is portrayed in this film. Uh, Cameron, uh, which is uh, Rico. Rico, he got on my nerves. But that was that that. But Cameron was great at doing that, though. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like when I say that he was getting on my nerves, it's it's like one of those things where there's a character that you really really hate, and it'd be like, well, obviously they did their job because they're doing that character well. Uh, He did Rico really good, Um, but but money making Mitch though, man. You know what I'm saying? The 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 smile, man. It's it's oh, so man. fucking genuine. Like it's it's like nobody can fake that smile the way yeah. Makai Pfeiffer do it. Like he right. shows every fucking tooth in his mouth. Like it mm-hmm. is like 
that's just one of the things I always noticed, man. And and like how clingy he was. You know what I'm saying? Clint, Clint, what is it? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Mm-hmm. Like that. Uh, like he was really big about that. I like how they put in the whole thing of the shady uncle and all that type of shit because you know even if somebody's you know fam, they still can you know screw you over, screw you over. Which we we'll get into that later in the podcast. Money but, making Mitch. But, hey man, I said I he said he said yo I ain't got no money man I ain't got no money. Yeah. <laughs> He's hey. like bullshit you ain't got no money. Yeah, that nigga. But uh, yeah, Ice was a hater man. Actually, Ice was we did. On my uh, podcast, the twenty eight minutes or less, we did the uh, what I named it, the biggest snake in yeah, film. Yeah, biggest snake in the movie. Yep. Ice was my number one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What, what Ice did, I mean, I don't know if we should get into it now, but what Ice did, it, it was just like that dude. Nah, let's me, go ahead. Let's go ahead and get into this, man. Okay, okay. This is some sick shit. It was a real sick shit, man. I named I named Ice my my biggest snake in the film because. Well, Ice ended up doing to his own nephew. nephew. Sick, bro. You know what I'm saying? He kidnapped his own nephew um, and held him for ransom for five hundred yeah, $500,000. Held him for ransom for $500,000. Sent a note to his own sister's house mm-hmm. <laughs> for his other nephew to pay him $500,000. And not only did he do that, this dude actually cut off a finger and I don't know if he did it or, the, or his partner did it, but he was involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they cut a finger off and sent it to his sister's house where he was fucking staying because he didn't have nowhere to stay because he was a dopehead. Yeah. And it's just like the psychology of that, man, just, just to get paid, just to get some money for you to go to that place to kidnap your own little nephew, little Sonny. And if y'all think this is fake, y'all need to watch the the uh, the American gangster on Alpo Martinez mm-hmm. it is in there because he is another reason why I mean I, now I, obviously Ice gets you know eighty percent ninety percent of the blame yeah but twenty or ten percent become because of Alpo you know what I'm saying uh, Rico because when Mitch had the bricks to sell to get the money. Mm-hmm. He shoots. He shoots Mitch and take the bricks. Mm-hmm. So we don't know if he would have been able to sell. I don't see why he wouldn't have been able to. You're but right. you know. But the thing is, and this is what I want to ask you, and then you can you know elaborate more on your point of view. Is do you think he still would have released Sonny at the end anyway? You know what I'm saying. I mean, you got to first and foremost, we got to remember we're talking about a dope thing. This ain't just. This ain't just some some uncle shit. This is a dope thing. Like I remember growing up, my um my uncles used to tell me about how they uncles used to like steal money and shit from them. Yeah. So a personal story of mine is that one of my uncles who um God bless his soul, he uh he had some you know some drug issues. He was a drug uh drug addict. This I got one too. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying. Um, my mom let him stay with us one time, and I had this piggy bank, bro. It was this, it was this bunny rabbit piggy, it was a light blue bunny rabbit, bunny rabbit piggy bank. I had all this change in there, bro, because I had gumballs and all that shit in there, right? Mm-hmm. And this nigga stole my piggy bank, bro. <laughs> so he got away with my fucking piggy bank, bro. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I've 
I've been in that situation where I know the lengths that they will go through, you know what I'm saying, like go through. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been around them, you know what I'm saying, to know like, yeah, to me that's not a surprising thing at all because it's like that shit get a hold of them. And, man, listen, it ain't ain't nothing you could do, bro. <laughs> it ain't nothing you could do. I'm talking about the fact that that little money was there. Mm-hmm. If if he let him go, he was going back to get him again. Believe that he was gonna go back and get that nigga again. Yeah, man. Once that's... that little five hundred thousand got spent up, oh, that nigga was kidnapping somebody. But, else. but this is the crazy part, though. The crazy part is, so let's say Mitch gets the money and gives mm-hmm. him the money. He's giving Mitch the money back. Listen, he <laughs> he, no, no, he wasn't gonna get the money. First and foremost, no, I'm he saying gonna, he was gonna get smoked because remember, Ice got missing for a minute. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I'm so just mean, when it when it was time to go meet up, click clack pow. Oh yeah, I was just meaning like oh, he, talk, told, yeah. he like him and you remember that one scene where he was at the house doing doing mm-hmm. the drugs and Sonny was in the other room and he jacked him up and kicked him out. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Yo, I'm doing the drugs that you sold me." Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I was like, yo, Mitch go get the damn money back. But because, nigga, don't do it at the house. Like, that was, yeah. that, that just be the crazy shit to me. Like, just they just think they can just do drugs anywhere. No, anywhere. man. That's, no. You gotta still have some kind of common sense or morals about you. It's somewhere deep down inside that crack smoke filled body. You gotta have it somewhere, man. Like, Okay, you know you can't go to your sister's house and smoke crack. Let's not do that. Go in the alley or something. Then come home and, you know what I'm saying, fall asleep and not off or do whatever you're going to do. But smoke crack somewhere else. Don't smoke it in your sister's house, man. Yeah, that was that was crazy, man. Don't don't be shooting up in, in the bathroom. Yeah. When, like like, like my, my, my one uncle, man, like he had a little spot. It was outside, you know what I'm saying? Sit on the bricks and all the type shit, and, you know, mm-hmm. and he used to do his shit. I remember when he had an overdose, man. I was in middle school, you know what I'm saying? We thought he was gone. Right? Yeah. And, you know, he ended up recovering, but, you know, he's still, he's still trying to kick it now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, like I said, I was in middle school. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He's still trying to kick it. But, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, Ice was definitely a fiend, man, a dirty fiend. But to to go to the lengths of like doing some shit like that, kidnapping your one nephew, you know what I'm saying, demanding a ransom from your older nephew because you was just mad that he, you know what I'm saying, that he had the money. And like, and then you could see the resentment towards him, like when he came home from the club that one day. That's another thing. You sitting here making, you know what I'm saying? Like it said that uh uh, the ace was making a hundred thousand a week or whatnot, and then his reign wasn't long. It was like a year. <laughs> it wasn't long, yeah. but um, but like you see him making this type of money, and Mitch goes home to share the room with his little brother. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like yo, what's the point of making this money, man? If you ain't even gonna get your own spot, yo, like and like that was just and then share the room with your little brother. You gotta think about it. First and foremost, ain't no they ain't not looking at some nigga that's living with his parents. If you if you living with your moms, right, and you doing all this, they not gonna pay you no attention. That's the perfect cover. I mean, it's true, but yeah, but the cars that he was driving, you know what I'm saying? When he got the side, yeah, I don't, I don't yo, know. hold up, hold up, man. Let me ask you this. 
Yeah. I was thinking about this shit the other day. Do they even make sobs anymore? Dude, I haven't seen a sob. No, I haven't seen a sob. I haven't years. seen a Saturn. I haven't seen a um I think matter of fact, I think like the Audi is the new sob now. It's gotta be, dude. I have yeah. not seen a sob in a long time, but yeah. And I can only think of two sides, man. The 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 one in this movie, and and with Richard Pryor had it moving. Mm-hmm. You remember that shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he loved that side, but but um, but yeah, man. Like I was just being funny, but but like yeah, like that's one of, to me one of the most monumental scenes in the movie is when Ace and Mitch was sitting in the car, and he was just talking about how much Sonny meant to him, mm-hmm. and he was just like, "Yo, if any nigga owed me money, he's like, <laughs> look at me, bro." You're fucking dead. And I was just like, You're fucking dead, B. He's like, man. Hey, that, I mean, yeah, but it's it's a it's a sad scene, but it's just to. But that scene man, was not sad, bro. Man, it was to me, man. Because that, I mean, dude, that was the biggest tear I've ever seen in my life. It was like an inch Mekhi of tears Pfeiffer, on his face. Makai Pfeiffer, bro, is such a great actor. That he was able to make you laugh and feel bad <laughs> all in the same scene, bro. Like that's a real skill. It is. He it, did. The, he skill. did the same thing in O. Yo, O is my shit, yo. He made me cry. I mean, he made me feel bad and laugh. And when he confronted uh, Julia Styles or whatever her name is, yeah, yeah, I laughed. <laughs> that shit was funny as fuck me. Like, why would you trust that white woman? You know better. But no, uh, <laughs> but nah, like, nah, and that, and th- to me, man, you know what I'm saying? This, this was a, this was one of them. Like, I remember, okay, so this is, let me tell you how real this gets. I remember this movie, like, you know what I'm saying? We used to sell weed on, on college campuses. We didn't necessarily sell it, we supplied it. And driving up to these campuses, like my brother had this DVD player in his car. So we would be watching Paid in Full on the way <laughs> to drop off. <laughs> We'd be going back and forth on the way to drop offs, you know what I'm saying? Watching Paid in Full. My favorite scene in Paid in Full is when they're sitting at the table eating Chinese food and drinking my wet and betting money, shooting paper balls in the trash can that is the hardest scene. <laughs> give me my money man me listen, my money. yes bro that is the hardest scene to me in any movie bro we did that we actually did that because that's how hard that scene was <laughs> we went and ordered chinese food went and bought my wet bro we was betting just shooting paper balls in the basement bro that's that's how hard that movie was bro i was like yeah that's how influential that movie was on me never sold crack though couldn't sell crack i had a uh <laughs> Got a bad family history with that, so I, I stayed away from that. But you know what I'm saying? The, the weed thing definitely. I definitely have my hand in trying to do that. Um, but for sure, bro, like whoo, this was this was a this is a I had so many memories to this movie, bro. Like this was that joint, you know what I'm saying? I remember niggas used to talk about because thanks to camera, niggas used to talk about, bro, I did the Dougie on it, bro, I did the Dougie on it. Like, damn, nobody wants to hear about you hitting the Dougie on it. <laughs> I ain't care about that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Um, but let's get into the characters real quick, man. So um, Money Making Mitch. We talked about him. You know what I'm saying? We talked about some of the things he went through. Ace, you know what I'm saying? This is the guy who 
was money making Mitch's right hand. Um, him and Mitch was super, super cool. Uh, Mitch gets shot up, and Ace kind of takes over. And then after a while, it goes from Conda to Ace takes over. And he becomes, you know what I'm saying, the top dog um, in Harlem with, you know what I'm saying, the drug game at the time or whatever. And um, some some wild shit goes down, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he had the issue with Calvin, frog-faced-looking motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He had a he had a couple issues, but mainly the one with Calvin, man. Um Ace is played by um Wood Harris. I almost did it again. I almost did it again. I was about to say Omar Epps. I almost did it. Why again. do you keep wanting to call him Omar Epps? No, bro. I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I don't know. I don't even know that the, the connection between these two niggas is. I don't know. But I mean it's it's his era. If if it wouldn't have been Wood Harris, it probably would have been on my own. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But um but Wood Harris, man, you know what I'm saying? He plays Ace. Um and to me, he was the perfect dude to play this role. Because of the quiet demeanor that Ace had, and then going from that into what Ace ended up becoming was dope as hell because Will Harris actually showed the the wide range of emotions and maturity and everything else and growth through this whole movie. And, and he did it very well, might I add, to be able to show you this, this one shy person who, you know what I'm saying, when he seen Mitch pulling up in the side, you know what I'm saying, he, he hyped for his boy and everything else. And then to turn it all around, and, and he's the guy that's, you know what I'm saying, pulling up in the new cars and got all the new threads and new shoes and everything else. What did you think about Ace's character in this movie? Ace is my favorite character. Ace okay. might be one of my favorite characters in the film mm-hmm. because I, I I loved his come up, but the one thing that me and Ace have similar, like one of my, one of my scenes that I like is when um this was after he met Lulu, and like so he met Lulu. You know, d- delivering his uh the clothes or whatever, whatnot, and he, you know, digging through the pockets, you know, found the crack or whatever. Well, found the cocaine, and so Lulu told him to keep it. Yeah. So him and Mitch is in the car, and so he's just digging this pocket, and he pulls out this cocaine. He's like, he's like, Ace man, what, you know, the hell you get this from? Lulu's like, what are you doing with cocaine? He don't say nothing. He just put it in his pocket. Mm-hmm. He was like, yo. He said, Ace, man. He said, I will get you. He was like, you the qu-. he said, you never say nothing. He was like, you just <laughs> he was like he just pull out, you know what I'm saying, some cocaine and you don't say nothing. Yeah. And it's like I'm that person. Like somebody can say something to me and I can just comprehend it and I just won't respond. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yo, like, like that's like me. Like I do that shit. Mm-hmm. But like we see his come up from from basically being just, you know what I'm saying, working at the cleaners. Doing what he was supposed to do, delivering the clothes. He, you know, he kind of got one foot in, one foot out because his boy, like his guy, the way that, you know what I'm saying? Like they grew up together. So yeah. one of them just chose a different path, and the other one's trying to do it the honest way. And, you know what I'm saying? Money making Mitch would pick on him a little bit, like, yo, like you ain't never gonna get no girl new clothes, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like all this type of shit. And, but then you got this other guy who kind of fell in this shit, really kind of kind of by mistake because 
I don't think that he would have came on with Mitch. I think that when he ran into Lulu by mistake, and then they end up building this report, and then Lulu had that conversation with him. I mm-hmm. think Lulu is, is a very monumental character in this show that, but it's a movie that people really don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Like when he went over there and, you know, he was giving him the, you know what I'm saying, the, uh, the cocaine back. And he was like, You ain't no drug dealer. He was like, like, What do you mean? How do you know? He was like, Man, look at the way you dress. He was like, What's wrong with the way I dress? He was like, you don't dress like a drug dealer. You ain't flashing like a drug dealer. He was like, yeah, like, this is how you, you know what I'm saying, you move, this is how you maneuver when you're doing this. Like, you don't be flashy. You don't, you know what I'm saying, draw attention to yourself. And another thing that I noticed about Ace, and I never noticed this until this last time that I watched it. Mm-hmm. He tucked in his chain a lot. He yeah. didn't wear it out a lot. He, he, he wore it out a, flashy a little bit. Person. Yeah, but he but he mostly when he when he started making money, he mostly tucked it in. He never mm-hmm. really had it out like that. And like I thought that Ace was very calculated what he was doing. I think he wanted to keep that job at the cleaners, yeah. but it was just the fact that he was smart enough to know you don't take it home. Mm-hmm. Now <laughs> I can see how Pip was mad. Like, yo, this is my store. Like, yeah. if the police run up in here. I'm liable for this, you know. Right. So I get Pip, but like Ace, Ace is my favorite character, man. I just, I just love the way that Wood Harris did it. Like you said it perfectly. I don't think anybody else could have played it as good as him. Even if Omar Epps would have played it, like after seeing it with Wood Harris, like yeah, it wouldn't have been the same. Yeah, it wouldn't have been the same because we see him in something similar in Too Deep. So mm-hmm. I, I, I man, mean, nah, you forget in Too Deep. Take it back. Further than that, we've seen him um in uh um why is the movie escaping? We we did the movie with him and Tupac. Um Juice? Yeah. I don't know. He was more of uh, that was just more of like just really surviving. Like I don't know if that was really the you know he, what I'm saying? He, he was the quiet type, you know what I'm saying? Around his boys, type. around his boys, he was, you know what I'm saying, talking that talk, but for the main part, he was the quiet type, calculated, smart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He moved with a purpose. Like, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, that was kind of the the older nurse girl. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying? He wanted to he he had a, a plan on trying to do something. He wasn't out here in the streets doing none of that. He was trying to be a DJ. Like, yeah, he kind of had the same, it was kind of the same, you know what I'm saying, steps, but I just don't think he'd have been able to do it as good as Wood Harris did. Yeah. And that's why that one scene, man, like to see what Calvin did to him. Because what pissed me off about it the most was the fact of, okay, Calvin, you did it your way. You got caught up, right? Mm-hmm. So then Ace becomes the man. Now you come to Ace. Ace don't have to put you on. You hot, man. Yeah. Like he, he was hot. And, and then this is the crazy part. You getting paid for doing lesser work. He give you the corner for somebody else to run it, and all you got to do is watch him. That's it. Come on, man. That's easy money to sit back and watch this dude work and I do nothing. You ain't even got it. And this time, you ain't even got to go down. Exactly. But he's so used to, you know what I'm saying, doing it himself and he wants to be the man. And then Ace is like, yo, like you hot. You let Mitch get on. Like, yeah, I trust Mitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you were just the dude that dated my sister that was around. Like, I ain't mm-hmm. fuck with you like that. You know what I'm saying? Mitch is my guy. So, yeah, I put him, you know what I'm saying, straight on. That only makes sense. But, 
for him to turn around and, and to do the robbery and, and shoot up Ace like that, you know what I'm saying? Shoot him in the head and shit. And like not only that, what, didn't didn't he kill the, his yeah, mom and killed, his sister? Yeah. Like, come on, bro. He was wilding. He was de- he was definitely wilding, man. Like and he deserved he des- I mean, look, I mean, that's the way the game works, man. Um, you know, uh with uh, with yeah. Rico going around and you know taking him out, but I think that, and like I say, the evolution. Like we see him broke working, we see his come up, and then we see his downfall when he gets shot mm-hmm. up, and how he's like, "Yo." And I thought one of the realest scenes in this movie is when Rico and um, Mitch were sitting there talking to him, and he was like, "Yo, I got shot in the head, b." He was like, "I breathe different now," mm-hmm. and I thought that that was. So monumental to say, like, yo, I breathe different now. Mm-hmm. He's like, yo, people get shot every day, B. Like, this is different. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, nigga, this is me. Yeah. <laughs> not only is it me, yeah. but like, dude, I can't breathe the same. I can't walk the same. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not the same guy anymore. Yeah. So it's like, for him to just say, like, yo, people get shot every day, B, it's like, yo, like, and that line right there, like, that I, I know it's a New York thing, famous but I think one. I think that's what made it famous. Like Ebro, you know, saying it all the time. He was like, "Yo, people yeah. cheat every and people change it. People yeah, cheat every people, day, B. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just like, and I felt like that's where it came from first, like mm-hmm. worldwide wise. Oh, I mean, yeah, people sure. in New York just talk like that. Yeah, but, but no, Cameron made that line super famous. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. But how do you feel about Ace, man? man or, Ace, or are you done with Ace? I, I, no, I can stop. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Ace is Ace is not my favorite character. Um, but I appreciated Ace for what he did. Like I said, anytime somebody is calculated with their moves, they smart, they thinking three, four steps ahead, you know what I'm saying? Like you gotta appreciate somebody like that, especially in that kind of game. Cause man, listen, one one wrong move and and it could be a wrap. You know what I'm saying? We seen it. You know what I'm saying? His mom and his sister got taken out by a nigga that used to date his sister. You know what I'm saying? And and all because a nigga didn't put him on the corner. He put you on and you still wasn't appreciative of what happened. And, and the crazy part is it just showed you how much smarter he was than the people around him. Because like you said, he just gave you money for to watch the block. That's all you had to do. Bro, do you know how? And then it wasn't like he was paying you crumbs. No, nah, nigga, he was paying you some cheese and you didn't have to do nothing you had to risk your life day in and day out before you before this happened now he giving you a spot where you could really be like a king on on some king type shit like if something happened they got to answer to you if something happened you got it you know saying you was the boss and he still didn't appreciate it so to me it it just kind of showed you just the, the the mentality of those that he was around it really wasn't up to par with him um, but we're gonna get into my favorite character, my man Rico. Um of course. Yeah, the, the <laughs> wild card, you know what I'm saying? And the reason that Rico was my favorite character was because he brought the action to the movie. He brought the the anticipation and the anxiety to the movie. Um and and the reason that he's my favorite character is because first and foremost, I was a huge dipset fan. Of course, everybody should, you know what I'm saying? If you if anybody knows me, they know. Rockefeller, Dipset, anything that was uh, affiliated with any of that, I was with it. That's really, that's really the only reason I even watched Paid in Full to begin with was because I knew this was a Rockefeller film. Um, but Cameron is one of those people that 
I appreciate Cameron for what he does because first and foremost, he is from Harlem. Mm-hmm. And he really brought Harlem to the screen. That's one thing that a lot of people didn't realize, like the stuff that he was doing, that everything that he did was some shit a Harlem nigga would do. And he made it, you know what I'm saying? Like he made it to where this movie was super authentic because not only, you know what I'm saying, did he grow up around that time, not only was he able to know the stories and everything else, it was the fact that, you know, he could actually portray a lot of that shit and he actually knew how a lot of that shit went down. So for him to be in the film um, portraying one of these people and actually, you know what I'm saying, bringing that to life, it made it that much more believable. It made it that much more convincing. Um, and then also, man, like the fact that he was the wild card, you know what I'm saying? From I, I'd never, at the time, I'd never seen Cameron like this. Like to me, Cameron was that super cool dude, had the furs on and everything else, laid back. So when I seen him in this, I was super impressed because like this is totally different than what his character is in hip hop. And so the fact that he was able to, you know what I'm saying, bring that out, I was, I was, I mean, I, I was just like, yo, this is, this is dope for him to go from rapping to acting and then for him to actually be decent at it. He wasn't good. Don't get me wrong. Like it's a lot of shit he could have worked on, but you know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't like taking over the scenes, but the fact that, you know what I'm saying? He came away with a, with a famous line from this, you know what I'm saying? Like we just talked about people get shot every day. B. The fact that he was so careless in everything that he did, the fact that he was the one that kind of brought the, you know what I'm saying? Attention to the, to the movie. I just, I really appreciated his character because it's like, you got two of these dudes, they super cool, they super laid back, and then you got this one wild-ass nigga that they got to wrangle in every time. It was just like the perfect mixture, you know what I'm saying, of of chaos for me, and that's that's one of the reasons that Rico is, is uh, my favorite character. Plus, you know what I'm saying, he had to put in that work from uh, Ace, you know what I'm saying, when when um, Calvin was out here doing some, some bullshit, Stephen A. Smith was wilding. Yo, and then shout out to Andrew, <laughs> shout out to Andrew Martinez for being in the car with him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And um, oh, and another shout out, real quick, real quick. Yo, man, shout out to Rakim and Eric B. Yo, like mm-hmm. "Paid in Full" is one of the hardest songs ever. Mm-hmm. If y'all never listen to this shit, and and Rakim is one of those dudes who really don't get appreciated like he should have. You know what I'm saying. And yeah. another thing that people may not know about Rakim didn't curse. Nope, did not curse. Rakim的歌，也是，他给那么满的plan，那满的sweat，满的my，满的my，满的my，满的my，满的my，满的my，满的my，满的my，满的my，满的my，满的my，满的my，满的my，满的my，满的my，满的my，满的my，满的my，满
kept coming up trying to, you know what I'm saying, get something from Ace. Ace would mm-hmm. never do nothing with him. They end up giving them um, their phone number. And so Ace always felt like they was the feds, but he didn't know for sure the way it's portrayed. So he's like, yo, so when Mitch, when he gives Mitch the bricks, Mitch tells Ace, yo, I'm meeting up with Rico to help me sell the bricks. Rico mm-hmm. shoots him and takes the bricks. So Ace is like, yo, this is what I'm going to do. I t- I'm going to tell, well, I'm going to ask him first to get confirmation. Like, yo, did you meet up with Mitch? Man, I ain't seen that nigga all day yesterday. Man, I ain't seen him all day yesterday. And it's like, okay. <laughs> so Ace like, yeah, this, this dude mine. So he's like, all right, man. Well, I ended up keeping eight bricks. And he was like, so look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the eight bricks. You know what I'm saying? You go do what you could do with them so we could try to get Sonny, whatever, whatever. And you could take, I'm going to hook you up with the plug and then you could just take over. And so he gives him the fo- phone number of the two dudes that he felt was the feds and they ended up being the feds. Mm-hmm. So he even says it in the film when he's narrating it like, yo, y'all probably think I went out like a sucker, but I mean, like at the end of the day, this is what I think people got to realize. Did he sell them out to the cops? If you're looking at it from a black and white situation, yes. But if you look at the gray area, because life is full of gray area, he's the reason that Mitch is dead. He's the reason that Sonny, he's not all the way the reason, but he has some percentages of the reason why Sonny is dead. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, yo, like you, like you killed my best friend, yo, and his brother, basically. So, and you lying to me. I can't trust you. And you're going to end up, if you did it to Mitch, you're going to do it to me. Yeah. So I can eliminate three birds with one stone just by if these dudes turn out to be the feds, you know what I'm saying? You done. So how you feel about that whole situation? Do you consider that completely snitching or you kind of view it the way that I just said it? Oh no, it's snitching. Okay. Yeah, it's it's snitching. You gotta remember, like <clears throat> he he's also complicit in this. You know what I mean? Like He's not in it. He's not a civilian in this situation. So, I mean, even though in this specific crime, he didn't have anything to do with it. At the same time, he still was, you know what I'm saying? Affiliated in a way. So like that was still snitching. Um, But I, I, I do see it your way though. Like he had to do what he had to do. You know what I'm saying? You can't really get mad at him for that. I mean, what else is he gonna do? You know what I mean? Like we, he's gonna take him out himself? Nah. You know what I'm saying? He had to do what was necessary. And sometimes, you know, like, hey, listen, I, I first and foremost, I'm not against snitching at all. Let me go ahead and say that. If you yeah, can, if you can get a nigga out of here, you can get a nigga out of here. I don't give a fuck what nobody <laughs> talking about. War is war. You know what I'm saying? Like that's one thing about me that, you know what I'm saying? When you at war with somebody, ain't no rules. You know what I'm saying? All the rules is out the out the window. I mean, I know it's I know it's certain guidelines and stuff you're supposed to go by, but nah, fuck all that. You know what I'm saying? When you at war, you do anything to win your war. You know what I'm saying? Even if you got to sacrifice a few pawns, you got to do what you got to do. But at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? The, you you might lose a few battles, but as long as the war is won, then that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? So if you got to get that nigga out of here, you got to do what you got to do. 
and get them out of here. You know what I'm saying? If you got poison them, you know what I mean? If you got to, uh, if you got to trick his, you know, pay his girl to kill him off, whatever you got to do, you got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Be as clever as possible, but you got to do it. Like I said, I snitch over for some French fries. So, you know what I mean? Don't, don't ever think that I'm against what he did. You know what I'm saying? So how you feel about what Rico did? He didn't, he, he didn't give up anybody in Harlem, but he gave up a whole bunch of out-of-town dudes. Once again, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Listen, he was loyal to Harlem. You know what I'm saying? That's where he's from. That's what he. That's what he's about. But I mean, if these other niggas is out here that I know I can get up off the streets and give Harlem some more money, then that's what I do. I get it. You know what I'm saying? I I totally understood what he did. Yo, I'm gonna get the. I'm not gonna give up my people, but the rest of these niggas. Oh yeah, get them up out of here. And then people also gotta understand that helped because Apple got out about what three years ago. Mm, three or maybe. four years ago, yeah, and he got murdered two years ago. He got he got murdered in the pandemic. No, he just recently got no, murdered. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. So I think he got out during the pandemic or right mm, before. It. it was right after. Oh, it was he right ain't been after. out that long. He probably been yeah, out he that long. like a year or two. Yeah, and then people got to also understand like when they let him out, like they set him up somewhere, and he said, nah, fuck that. I'm going yeah, back he, went, he was at the nigga got killed at a, I think it was like at a Halloween party or some shit. Yeah, so uh, that that's just the same thinking. <laughs> it's yeah. like Apple didn't get any smarter. Like, he was just like, what made you think you could go back to Harlem and just be regular? Like, nah, people don't like what you did. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You end up paying for the sins that he was responsible for back in the 80s. So, yeah, man, this is like you said, this is a cult film, cult classic, man. Yeah, man. So, uh, we ready for the planes? Let's do it, man. What you got? Five. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Five, man. Like, that was the quick. Castle's That's great. Quick. That, that is a record. Hey. That's the quickest you ever. Nah, nah, I think the quickest was, uh, oh, what movie was that? I can't remember what it was, but anyway, nah, I think this is one. I think this is the one, man. Listen, even though you write it, like. Cameron didn't have like the best, like it wasn't no, no Oscar yeah, performance. No, no. But, he didn't have an Emmy worthy performance. But it was it was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect for this film, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For him to play Alpo, man. Like I'm a huge, and that's somebody else we gotta add to the list. Makai Pfeiffer, man. He's mm-hmm. he's he's an uncut gem. Like he's he's one of those dudes who uh deserve at some point to get a uh a get appreciation episode as well. Mm-hmm. But I always, I always like his work, man. Wood Harris did a great job. I mean, to have a young, still look the same Regina Hall in this joint, man, mm-hmm. um, being Ace's girl and all. I thought that the plot was good. The story was good, even though, um, you know what I'm saying, uh, AZ had, you know, he was involved in the screenwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just thought, like I said, it's not a perfect film. It's like when you go back and look at this stuff, that's just like when you go back and like really, really watch like um, Menace to Society. Mm-hmm. It's it's not as great as we thought it was back then. Well, it's, but, it's, to me, it's just a culture shock, the fact that they put this shit on film. I think yeah. for us at least, because with a lot of us, we knew what it was out here. Like it, it wasn't nothing that was gonna be shocking to us, but the thing that was shocking was the fact that they put it on film and talked about it. Cause you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like in our day, you you ain't talk about shit like this. This True. was like hush hush type shit. 
Yeah, but uh, but no, it's just it's just one of those films, man. Like I, I really, really love this film, man. Like it's, mm-hmm. I, I never, I never get tired of it. Like even, even watching it for like the hundredth time, like I'm still not picking up my phone and looking at shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that's why I kind of gave it a quick five, man. Uh, it, I mean, obviously, like it's not like as quick as I gave it to five, like it's still like it's not in like my top five films. But you know what? Matter of fact, I think Dead President was that one. I think I said dead president faster. I don't know. I'm gonna have to go back and listen, but I think this, <laughs> is, the, this is the fastest one. All right, but, sure. but 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 I'm giving it a five for like just cultural reasons because mm-hmm. I mean it, it's not like always the best acting and all of that type of stuff. But sometimes I just think that what a film means, you know, what I'm saying I'm giving it more meaning with that. So let me give it a five. Oh man, um, I'm gonna go five. Give me one minute. All right, yeah, I caught. I didn't know you go about to eat some ice there, man. I could have kept it going there for you. <laughs> hey, me I know the that. ice was cold, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, y'all have to have a brain freeze in a minute. Mm-mm, I'm good. Um, I'm gonna go five. Um. For a lot of the reasons that you explained, of course, but for the most part, it's sentimental. Mm-hmm. For me, you know what I'm saying? Like, this was, um, it played a very significant part in my life because, like I said, like, this is around the time that, you know what I'm saying? I was, in high school, you know what I'm saying? I was coming into, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like my personality and who I was and all that type of stuff. But also not only that, I was able to, you know what I'm saying? Go kick it with my friends and go do stuff. And you know what I'm saying? Like actually, you know what I'm saying? Go chill and go hang out. And then, like I said, ride with my brother, he had the DVD player in the car. You know what I'm saying? We watching this while we riding around. You know what I'm saying? At the time that was like, that was super big. You know what I'm saying? You was watching a movie while you was driving. Like, yo, this is, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was, it was, it was crazy. So like, we'd be in the, we'd be at the red light with the windows down, paid in full blasting. People looking over like, they listening to, we watching a movie. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was a big part. Um, Like I said, Rockefeller played a huge part in, you know what I'm saying, in my life. My favorite rapper is Jay-Z. And, you know what I'm saying? If we was listening to everything Rockefeller, including Memphis Bleak, including Benny Siegel, State Property, um, Dipset, The Diplomats, like we we was on it. Um, hell, we was buying Twisted CDs once he got signed to Rockefeller. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's we were just on it like that. And, you know what I'm saying? To find out they was making films, you know what I'm saying? Paper Soldiers, Paid in Full, you know what I'm saying? Like, in a bunch of other movies that they came out with. Um, backstage, they had um uh, man, what else? Had the state it? property joints. Yeah, state property joints. Um streets is watching, like, bro, we was we was on all of it. So this was just one of those things that at the time was was super, super um in my life because this is like my coming of age, you know what I'm saying? Like that time where, you know, as a as a teenager, you going from you know what I'm saying, kid to adulthood, 
um, especially in, in this society. So to be, you know what I'm saying, like watching movies like this, to be, you know what I'm saying, seeing all this other stuff that's going on, they represented the culture, you know what I'm saying, they represented what was going on at the time, of course. Um, and then just, just to be able to, you know what I'm saying, even though I didn't grow up around it, I knew of it growing up. You know what I'm saying? I knew what crack was. I knew what drugs were. I knew what the drug game was. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't something that was oblivious to me. Like, I didn't, you know what I'm saying, or foreign to me. I knew what it was. I didn't. I wasn't around it, but I knew what it was. And then everybody had crackheads growing up in the neighborhood. Like, if you was in some type of hood, you knew crackheads. You know what I'm saying? They was different crackheads. Though. They was crackheads that, like, told you to go to school and told you to stay out of trouble and shit like that. But they ain't like the crackheads, like, now. Like, now, it's, these crackheads be wilding. But uh, <laughs> they be flipping off of buildings and shit. Like, we crackheads never did that where I was from. But, um, yeah, like, this movie was just so dope, man. The actors in it, of course. Um, Wood Harris did a magnificent job. Like you said, Makai Pfeiffer, bro, like, I, what he he need a lifetime achievement award because he's done some great work and he's been in some some movies that you know what I'm saying a lot of people wouldn't be able to do you know and um I, I think he just he deserves a lot more credit than what he's he's been getting um Wood Harris as well Wood Harris has been we you know what I'm saying just did the appreciation with him so Wood Harris has done a lot. Um, and Cameron, man, like I said, for him to be in that first movie and then do his thing like that, and then to go on and see what he's done after that, like he came out with Killer Season. He came out with, um, you know what I'm saying, he was in State Property. He was in, you know what I'm saying, like a bunch of other movies too. So, you know what I'm saying, the fact that he was, <clears throat> excuse me, doing his thing outside of that, that kind of, you know what I'm saying, it showed you that it kind of gave him that. And then Dame Dash, like, what can I say? You know what I'm saying? Like, what can I say about this dude? Like, this was the dude that this was the reason I liked Rockefeller was because of Dame Dash. You know what I'm saying? His tenacity, his bravery, he was brash. Like the I remember the one scene in, in backstage where he was spazzing out on uh Kevin Lyles. And I've never seen that before. Like, this is a dude who was spazzing out on an executive over City Smack Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, like I mean, but this is something we actually seen. Like this is documented. He spaz, he getting a haircut. He spazzing out on Kevin Lyles because of logos on the jacket. That's it. It was just logos on the jacket, and he just went off on dude, bro. And now, and when I seen that, I was like, that's who I. That's somebody I want to be right there. Like that's the position I want right there. Whatever position he got, that's where that's where I want to be. And so I've always wanted to be, you know what I'm saying, in that kind of um in that kind of lane for him to be able to have that, you know what I'm saying, that um you know what I'm saying, that braveness, you know what I mean, that type of power to be able to talk of, you know what I'm saying, to talk to people like that and then to be able to do the stuff he did, like creating Rock Aware, creating Rockefeller films and everything else. Like this movie wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for him. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. he he brought this to life. So yeah, this this is definitely a five for me. This has a lot of sentimental value for me. That's what's up, man. So we're in agreement. Yeah, for sure. For sure on this one. So, man, next episode, man, we bringing y'all oh another one. my God. Yes, sir. We is getting into it, man. Stranger yes, Things Season 4, Volume 1 and 2. They finally out, finally done. We could finally get into it and talk about it. Listen, man, 
I don't know how they do it. I really yeah. don't know how they do it, but they find a way, bro, to keep us on the cliff every fucking time. Yo, I've, I I mistakenly went ahead and I already watched them. I wanted to hold off on them, but I couldn't. Huh? You did what? Nah, you should have watched. I did too. I watched them as soon as them joints came out. I ain't <laughs> hold off on nothing. I watched them joints twice. Let me tell you something. Episode nine, two hours and twenty five minutes. Yeah, might be, might be one of the best episodes of the whole thing. That that episode was gold. Yeah. I'm talking about golden. Yeah. Like, Man, it's going to be so fun to break this down. I've been on Stranger Things, man, ever since it came out, man. Like, Thanks. like it's okay. I ain't even, I ain't even gonna do this, but yes, I'm. Yeah. Def, I know I always say, "Yo, I'm excited for the next episode," like, and I do. But this one, mm-hmm. oh yeah, oh yeah, this one, this this is gonna be one of the ones. For sure. Man. Real quick, man. Um, R.I.P. Eddie Munson, bro. I'm sorry. He he slowly oh, became man. one of my favorite characters, bro. I liked him more yeah. and more as the series went I did, on. I did, I did too, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He, he pulled the whole, you know what I'm saying, rock and roll scene. That was dope. I seen a lot of that going around on uh, on social media. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he made sure he didn't run away this time. Man. So yeah. that was, No, the, the best part, though, when he was like, you got a ski mask or a scarf or anything, and that nigga <laughs> had the Michael Myers mask. <laughs> Hey, bro. Hey, bro. That nigga took that mask off. He said, I could breathe. I said, I bet. Hey, bro. That was a that was a great, great piece of homage, man. You know what I'm saying? To the 80s right there, bro. They yeah, really, definitely. they really find a way to always show love. Like, and what was dope was um I seen somebody had put like a side to side of Lucas and um Oh, what's the girl's name? Um, Billy's little uh, sister. Um, uh, I, for, I forgot her name. Why the fuck I, I forgot it too? I know her name, real name, Sadie. Uh, yeah, but they were sitting. Yeah. They were sitting there talking or singing Max, the song. Max, Max, Max. Yep, they were sitting there singing the song, and Lucas had on the shirt that Eric Foreman had on, and then Max had on the shirt that Donna had on in that '70s show. So they was paying the homage to that 70s show, too. I'm like, hey, man, it's some Easter eggs. Listen, they be throwing Easter eggs in on Stranger Things, bro. But, yo, you know what I'm saying? It, I'm I'm excited. You know what I'm saying? People came back. You know what I'm saying? We're going to talk about it. We can't, we can't get y'all too much. But, you know what I'm saying? People came back. You know what I'm saying? New characters stepped up. We might get some new characters in this next episode. Um, Some characters we got rid of. Thank goodness. Um, And, uh... Man, it was just they they know how to build on they know how to build on the story. I gotta give it to they them. They do. They definitely God do. God dang. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting for the side by side of uh Eddie Monson and uh Robert a uh, young Robert Downey Jr. Cause yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they look like but yeah. you motherfuckers look like for real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is gonna be fun, man. I, I've been wait I've been waiting on this for a while because mm-hmm. you know. Stranger Things is my shit, yo. Yeah, and then not only that, we had to we had to remove some stuff to get this in. So this is how excited we is about this one. Oh yeah, definitely. We, so had, we, an, we had an emergency meeting, like yo, are we gonna cover this? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, get ready. Yes, sir, man. Be man. ready for that. So um, man, listen. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for you know what I'm saying, showing the love like you always do. Is 
it's always greatly appreciated. Um, if you want to hit us up about the episode, if you want to hit us up about a past episode, future episode, you want to give us a recommendation, anything, you want to just tell us how great of a job we're doing or how shitty of a job we're doing, hit us up on our socials, man. You can follow us on IG and Twitter um, at ViewAnonPod. You can also hit us up on uh, Facebook at VAPod Watch Group. You can follow me on Twitter at Scoots Bronson. I have a link tree in the bio. Hit that link. You can find me everywhere else. Yes, sir. Y'all can find me at s.foster8 on IG and Twitter. You can find me on IG at at 28 Minutes or Less Pod. And also follow the pod, uh, the 28 Minutes or Less, on all major platforms. I dropped episode 92. Um, It is uh, anniversary plus best album so far of this year. Um, The anniversary is uh, July the 2nd was the very first podcast that I dropped on the Stolen Time podcast, the introduction. So I've been podcasting officially for five years now. Um, So I went down, you know, some of the journey of the things that I, you know, dealt with when it came to the uh, 28 Minutes or Less Stolen Time podcast and just really just being in this game for as long as I have. Um, Casey, I really listened to it. He was like, yo, boy, five years. like, yo, but you really the OG. But um, so, yeah, I went uh, covered some of that and I also covered uh, my favorite albums so far this year. So um, go check that out and uh, let me know what you think. Rate, subscribe, review, all that type of shit for both podcasts, people. And uh, that's all I got. All right, man. And listen, you know what I'm saying? We coming back next week. Get ready. Make sure you tuned in. Make sure you're ready to go. Um. Until then, man, we'll catch you guys. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in and listening again. Always support, uh, always appreciate it. Thank you for the support. And like they say in Hollywood, man, that is a wrap. Cut. <laughs>